What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're here at Haymarket Park on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Starter Heyman Jewelers live video feeds. Also available for you, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Push the text line in the first segment, but if you are watching on stream, comment there. We see it as well. We'll get to you. Let us know how far you're, you're hitting a baseball in batting practice off a of BP pitcher. Strick, I'm not going to lie. I was rude when it was my turn to throw BP uh, for my high school team. I'd snap off curves on him. <laughs> I would do that. I was that guy. <laughs> That's that ain't even right. We're gonna see enough of those in the game, and you're just snapping them off in BP. That's that's wild. Speaking of curveballs, probably a few of those ahead in NBA free agency opens up uh, officially at five o'clock Central Time, so two and a half hours from now, the floodgates will be open. But here's the thing, Shrek. We all know there are negotiations going down before free agency starts. Uh, the Bulls and the Sixers got busted for that's why they lost draft picks in this most recent draft. But even though it's the official start of free agency, business is already being done, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, things are already happening. Communications have already been going on. Um, you know, there's going to be some that are going to wait and, until they get out to summer league and they're going to sit down across from each other and have even deeper and more con- discussions. A lot of business is done there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there, there's definitely communications going on, talks, uh, meeting with agents and, and so forth and so on. Uh, coaching situations and, and additions and people are networking uh, trying to find out so it's it's a lot of lot of stuff going on in this period of time and we just don't see behind the scenes summer of 2023 upon us what stands out to you about this year in free agency what's got your eye well just uh, obviously probably some of the changes and the adjustments that are made uh regarding the salary cap mm. um those adjustments that are being made um trying to understand how it all works with the the new thresholds um the salary cap numbers have gone up uh roughly around 20 million mm-hmm. uh, or so on each of those with regard to the cap i think last year if i look at it if i if i remember the cap uh salary cap number last year it was like 150 something uh, wasn't it no actually it was 123 Ooh. million and uh those thresholds was at like 150 so okay. it's gone up because I think now this new one is at um, uh, 156 or something like that. Okay. And then the thresholds are at 75. So so with those thresholds and with those adjustments and, and with the things that they're trying to do in these new CBAs, it's just it, teams are trying to get things done um, and, and have to make the adjustments to try to make it work. And this is why we're seeing, you know, things like James Harden 
and, and, and how that's working out or trying to work out. Um, I think the thing to look at with like James Harden, he's, he's an interesting figure in there because um, when you look around the NBA and you try to figure this out for him, there's really not many places that he can go. Okay. Because there's just not a lot of salary cap room space mm. out there, right? So you, you have to look at possibly him being a t- contender. Then you have to look at Philly's situation. And then you have to understand that who could Philly get back with the new restrictions and stuff that are on the, on the salary? Because you have to be in matching territory. You, you can't get as creative as you used to be able to get. So you have to have 75%. So it has to be around – He's gonna he opted in for $35 million, So you have to be around – Seventy-five uh, percent of his actual mm. salary. So you have to, somebody has to be around twenty-seven-ish, twenty-five-ish million yeah. or something like that. So when you look at those numbers, who could they get back to make that work? So then the only thing you could do is you can look at you know other teams out there, maybe the Clippers, um, you know teams like that, where you could look at a situation for like Marquise Morris and Norman Powell, who's making eighteen million. Marquise Morris. Morris is making or Marcus Morris is making 17 million or you can look at a three team trade situation mm-hmm. where they would only be then an accessory amount of 17 million it's some complicated stuff this is the part about the NBA and these new adjustments that that these these uh if you could be a good a guy that can figure these things out and how you can uh, mix and match them and put them together you you're a valuable guy in the league so um it's some it's some difficulty stuff that they're going to have to work out obviously He's one uh, that they're going to try to figure out in Philly because he really doesn't want to be there, but he's really not going to be able to get that kind of money anywhere else. Right. There's, there's not $35 million, even for a year, that's out there for like a James Harden. So um, that's, that's the moves that are happening right now, trying to figure out how they can get that and the biggest bang for their returns. James Harden up to three demanded trades now in the last, what, seven years. Oh, yeah. He wants out of Houston. He wants out of Brooklyn. Now he wants out of Philly as well. Let's talk about that Clippers scenario for a second. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, obviously have been asked about the idea of trading for James Harden. Sources are saying they're at least open to the possibility. Is that the right move for the Sixers? Is that the right move for uh, the Clippers to send him out west? I mean, you've got, you've got to look at it. Like I said, the only way if they look in the mirror at this situation, um, first and foremost, the other reason he – this is the other reason it makes sense for the opt-in. The Sixers are going to have to pay it regardless. Mm-hmm. It's it's basically use it or lose it. So whether he opts out and leaves, it's still, you know, attached to you, mm-hmm. right? So he opts in. You're going to get that kind of player who is, you know, arguably one of the best, better top three point guards that by numbers, not necessarily by the finished product, <laughs> but by numbers of last year. And so then you look at then James Harden as – you can't do anything with that money. So then you say, if I send him to the Clippers, my return, if not a three-way, I'm going to get Norman Power and Market. Are they going to make me better? So then you have to make a decision. My best option is probably keeping him at this point. So that's the thing that they're, you know, they're trying to figure that, that, that situation out. The Athletic had a deal out there with the Clippers that had those two players involved, but they also included Paul George going to Philly and Tobias Harris going to the Clippers. Well, I don't obviously, like that. I, that, that, that's, you're shaking your head if you're the Clippers, right? Because, you know, regardless of the injuries and the situations with Paul George, he's, he's still one of the big pieces of your team. If you don't get anything back, Tobias Harris, um, 
that's a salary dump situation at that point. Otherwise, you're trying to get under the salary cap. You're trying to minimize, you know, uh, monetary situations there mm-hmm. in the Clippers. But you're you're putting yourself at a disadvantage of co- competition. You're in the West. You're in one of the toughest conferences right now. Mm-hmm. And and you're looking up and you're saying, okay, I'm going to get this done with Tobias Harris and uh, and Kawhi, who I can't really rely Depend on. Depend on and James Harden, and who's James, kind of flopped. Yeah, that's 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 an oddity for me. Um, another couple ideas for Harden to Boston, just straight up for Jalen Brown. Um, it's my understanding in, in, in talking to, to some, some people in the NBA as well as some of the sources that I, I've peeked into, um, the Celtics don't want to part with him. That's why they just resigned him. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't they, if, if, if any way that they can avoid that, they do not want to part from, from Jalen Brown at this point. The other interesting scenario that I see laid out here is Miami giving up on going after Dame Lillard. Uh, Portland maybe making some moves to try to you know placate Dame, keep him around. But Miami would give up Kyle Lowry, Caleb Martin, two firsts and two seconds just for Harden. But then at that point, you, you I mean, listen, they, they could use a, a solid, good point guard. If you have a diminishing James Harden and you've got him for one year where then you can salary dump and do something unique in free agency next year, that may be of interest. Um, that's possible. Mm-hmm. Or you can sign and trade and then maybe go after Dame the next year, send James up, and it may be, that may be interesting to do. Maybe that's even something the Portland could consider. If, James, if, if, if uh, Dame isn't happy, then mm-hmm. you can consider that. But at this point um, – I don't know if, one, Miami is, is a cultural fit for James Harden. Sure. <laughs> let's, just, sure. let's just keep it real. <laughs> um, they, they have a unique culture there. Play hard, get after it, um, you know, in shape, mm-hmm. all of these types of things. Show up in shape, not work your way in. Right? Yeah. So I don't know if it's a cultural fit Fair to, enough. for him to be there. Another place that we heard James Harden rumored, uh, you know, wanting to go back to that seems like they've taken themselves out of the sweepstakes is Houston. And I don't want to talk about them, James Harden destination, but for other free agents, Drake, that's a team that wasn't good last year. You got some names that you know of young players, but there was nothing close to a finished product on the floor last year. They do bring in Ime Udoka to be their head coach. Is that enough to make Houston a legitimate destination for, for free agents, or is throwing Houston's name out there as having interest in a player kind of a leverage move by these players to get more from other teams? Um, I, for me, it, 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 it goes more in line with a leverage move unless he wants to get down there and, and get into the Onyx. And if mm. you know, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to dig into that. If you want to get into Onyx, that, that's, that's the move. He, he's trying to get there for that. now Because um, it wouldn't make sense for him to leave uh, on the verge of going to the finals mm-hmm. type of a team to go to Houston. It just don't, it, that, that, that's asinine to me, right, in, mm-hmm. in, in your thought process. But I would also say that Houston is a young team, and if I'm Ime Adoka, do I want that kind of, you know, uh, I'm not going to say he's a cancer, but I'm going to say do you want he's that, a big kind personality. Of, that kind of personality as a headship for a young crew Mm-hmm. Or do you want me to be the coach as the headship for a young crew to get the crew right, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. so that's, the, that's the kind of thing that um, I would look at as far as him not. I would just stick with the young crew. You've got a young crew of kids. All you've got to do is right ship. The ship is off course. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got set sail. You've got set sail from California to Hawaii. 
you just your rudders off a little bit, so you're going to Fiji. You know, <laughs> you just need to get the. You just you're, you're you're looking at your navigation. Says, wait, now we we are we are of course here. We just need to ride the rudder a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that Ime Adoka is that kind of coach. But whether or not um, he's able to get it done is gonna is gonna be an. Listen, if he gets that done, um, in my book, that'll put him on par to be one of the better coaches in the NBA because it's it's a, a trash heap down there. That right it now. is. We're, we're talking NBA free agency here on the block. As you look at free agency as a whole, Strick, are there any teams that stand out to you that you're interested to see what they do? <sighs> Definitely um, really would like to take a look and, and, and have an idea on what's going on with um, the, the, uh, the Mavericks. Mm. Um, what's going to go on with them, how they're going to um, – work with the Kyrie Irving situation. Those are some things that I would, I would have interested in, in, in looking into. Uh, kind of what's going to go on with Chris Middleton. Ooh, yeah. Up there in Milwaukee, what that situation is. Now, look, Milwaukee knows they have to get better. I think they had a great three-tier type of um, you know, situation. Um, but one of the key components for success for them, I think, is Brooke Lopez. Now, so mm-hmm. Brooke Lopez is still kind of looming out there, which uh, somebody out there would feel good about trying to acquire if I'm them, right? Mm-hmm. Then you've got to look at teams that got significant cap space. So you've got to look at Houston's got it, 60, $60.9 million. <laughs> um, you've got to look at San Antonio with trying to build around Wimbenyamba. Mm-hmm. What type of culture are you trying to build? What type of uh, style that you want to play with him? And then you want to surround him using that cap space, $38.6 million, um, with your, you know, you're not going to get the taxpayer exceptions and stuff like that. So you're going to have to use your money to try to figure out the types of pieces that you want to surround him with. You got Sacramento. Sacramento's unique in that they have $35.6 million in cap space, but on top of that, they've got a nice little core. So I think Malik Monk is going to be something they're going to have to look at, deciding mm-hmm. if that's going to be the right-hand man to De'Arian Fox. Uh, they like the combination of Fox, that, that, that pick-and-roll situation with him and Sabonis, mm-hmm. that works. Or, you know, Herter and, and guys like that, you know, where, where do you, where you want to go with that team? Um, Pacers are another one. Detroit, great young core. They're at $30 million under the cap. The Jazz is in a great situation Ooh, with great boy. cap space mm-hmm. and great trade uh, pieces to mm-hmm. try to build around marketing and that young crew that Collins, they got. They just Collins, got. So, yeah, that, that's it. And the Magic are a trash heap. I have no idea what they're doing. Their draft situation threw me for an absolute loop. I'm boggling my head. I'm, I, 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 I don't know what's going on with them. And then Oklahoma City Thunder is in a sweet position as well. So watching those teams with cap space to see what they do in this free agency mm-hmm. and who they're looking to inquire and figure out what they're going to do with their teams. A couple minor moves that have already been made, not on the free agent market but in the trade market. Uh, just today – the Nets traded Joe Harris. Forgot about Draymond. Oh, Draymond, yeah. Talk, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About him. Yeah, Draymond Green is one to, to keep your eye on as to whether or not, um, you know, Steve Kerr and that crew and as well as uh, Mike Dunleavy Jr. are going to pull the trigger and what type of deal, if he stays, they're going to sign him for. Because mm-hmm. in the signing of Draymond Green, if they go long on Draymond, then they have to make a decision on Clay. I don't think they can go big on both again. I think <laughs> with, with the new changes and the stuff, they just can't do it. It's not available for them to do that. So they're going to have to make a decision on is it going to be Clay or is it going to be Draymond and for how much and how long. Um, so those are the things. And then whether or not he's leveraging that situation to make a, make a trip down south possibly 
to have some conversations with the Lakers. Your GM strict. What do you do if you're the Warriors? Um, if I'm the Warriors, I mean, you're looking at his points per game. He's, he's, you know, he's under 10 points a game. But, I mean, he's got great rebound numbers still. His assist numbers are through the roof for his, his position. You know, position. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing I, I, want, I want to take a look at, and this is what Golden State has to take a look at. Um, their motion offense got exposed against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. It, got, it got exposed. And um, this is why I think Chris Paul matters. Because Chris Paul and his pick and roll usage and his pick and roll success mm-hmm. is is something that can take and alleviate the pressure because you can tell that Steph Curry got really uh, fatigued mm-hmm. having because all the motion stuff wasn't working. So Steph Curry got fatigued and handling the ball, having to run a lot of pick and rolls that that take that takes and drains a lot of energy. It's a lot of work to to actually run the point. So this is why I think that makes sense. So then you have to say. Are we strictly motion? Or are we going to shift more towards pick and roll? If you're going more towards pick and roll, I think someone other than Draymond Green works. I think he works good working on the pick and roll and off the and and in the motion stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think in straight pick and rolls, I don't know if if that works well for Draymond. If then, if you're the Warriors, are you looking for just like a, a more rim running type of big man, yeah. or what's the what's the partner there? Yeah, I think I think you do that, and I think you have to uh, figure out if uh, you you need some help for Looney. Right. Um, I, I like Kaminga, but still, Kaminga's not that. TJD's you know, not ready yeah, yet. No, they they need one of the. I think one of the biggest mistakes they made was not um, developing uh, and not being more patient with James Wiseman. They rushed the tar out they of him. They rushed that. That, mm-hmm. that. that I think that that was a mistake that they, um, you know, if they would have took the time and really developed him, it could have been a good piece for them to have. Mm-hmm. And said he shipped out to Detroit, and who knows what's going on up there. Yeah. Um, Detroit did just trade for Joe Harris today from the Nets. Uh, Joe Harris saw some stuff in his time in Brooklyn. He went through it. He's now in Detroit. And you mentioned the Kings. Curious to see what they do as well. They just traded for Chris Duarte from the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Not a huge move, but Duarte was solid as a rookie uh, when Sabonis was out there with him. So they get that little bit of two-man game back. Uh, apparently those two are somewhat close off the court. So you know, under think, the radar storyline. I think one more um, domino faller, um, and I think it's a key domino faller, is what happens with Fred Van Vliet. Mm. Where he goes um, could determine a lot of where others and the decisions that they make on what they're going to do at their point guard position. I think he's a key component to that. I don't think Gabe Vincent's in that category. Um, I would venture to say that uh, with Duncan Robinson and, and nothing happening on that front, um, I even think they wouldn't want to get rid of a, a true strong defender in Caleb Martin mm-hmm. down in Miami. But I don't think they'd want to sign Gabe Vincent for a long-term deal. So I think he goes elsewhere. Um, so that's somebody in the free agent. But you, talk, you talked earlier about Bruce Brown. Yeah. And uh, that could be a good move for uh, the Lakers if they happen to pull the trigger on that. You know, I think he's a great fit. I think he fit fit well. I just don't think Denver would want to pull the trigger on having to pay him mm-hmm. and uh, not make that move. But Bruce Brown is going to be a, another piece out there um, that is, is a solid Solid piece to look at. Good stuff on NBA free agency. I want to dive back into a different question about Fred Van Vliet in our short segment here. Uh, getting ready for BP with DP here at Haymarket. Uh, Strick's getting ready. Nick is warmed up, ready to go. Raph, you look like you've never been more ready for anything in your life back there. Sun is out. 
that means the big guns are coming out for BP with DP here in a half an hour or so. Stay tuned here, 93.7 The TIG. We've got more on the block next. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.